You're listening to a 1FM podcast. It's that time of the week again. I've got him on the line. It's Steve. How are you, Steve? Yeah, not bad, mate. I'm laying on the bed at home and this is the best place to be, I can tell you. Yeah, you normally do that in the morning. Sleep in. Hope you're going okay. Yeah, you're going all right. Yep, yep. I hope everybody else is in good health and nothing like good health. It's the most important thing you can have, I reckon. Yeah, and also music's pretty good. And who are we talking about today, music-wise? Well, I thought we'd follow on a bit from last week continuing the trend of having Herman's Hermes last week, I thought we'd follow on with Jerry and the Pacemakers this week. Uh, absolute classic, absolute classic, and from Liverpool, aren't they? Certainly are. Yes, the old Liverpool, Liverpool song. That's right. So there's a little bit of history behind this song, which I'll go into later, which I found quite interesting, I must say. Okay, well, I'm sure you're going to tell me all about it. All right, well, here we go. As with last week, the singer up front is, first of all, talk about a little bit for a while and then and do the group songs after that. Jerry Marsden, MBE, was born on the 24th of September 1942 in Toxteft, T-O-X-T-E-T-H, which is a suburb of Liverpool. Early music start, he recalls actually standing on top of an air raid shelter. Now, he couldn't have been very old because he's born in 1942, and he's on top of an air raid shelter and, and singing Ragtime Cowboy Joe and getting a great reception from onlookers. So, it wouldn't have been more than about three, I estimate, doing that. So, pretty good to be able to remember it, I must say. Anyway, look, he's inspired by our friend Lonnie Donegan, and at 14 he joined a skiffle group, which was called the Red Mountain Boys, and this included his brother Freddie, who's a drummer, and who two years older. Liz Chadwick, who was on bass, and Arthur Mack, his actually real name was McMahon, on piano. The story behind the name of the group is interesting because they renamed themselves the Mars Bars, <laughs> and they were hoping to obtain sponsorship from Mars Confectionery. Once Mars Confectionery found out about this, they weren't too keen on the idea, and so ended up coming Jerry <laughs> and the Pace Bakers. So they missed out there. Could have had a nice little sponsorship to back him up, but it didn't work. In 1960, in December, they were contracted to play a four-month stint in Hamburg, which was quite a popular place for these all these pop groups to go back in, in those days. And they went over with the Beatles, and they played with them numerous times over the next year, and they had a great time, evidently. In 1961, the piano player, Mac, was replaced by a fellow by the name of Les McGuire. Now, later on in that year, on October the 19th, 61, they merged with the Beatles and actually for one night they became a group called the Beatmakers and they performed this little perform at the place that are called Litherland Town Hall. This is a fantastic musical lineup when you think about it. It was John, Paul, George and Pete Best was on drums at that stage and Jerry and his group, Les McGuire, Freddie Marston and Les Chadwick. So they had a great big soiree for one night and simply went off very well evidently. 1962 in June, I was signed by Brian Epstein, who seemed to be signing everybody at that stage. The Beatles producer, George Martin, then signed them to the Columbia label, which was then part of EMI, and I think that was the same as Herman Sermons last week, and offered them the song How Do You Do It, which the Beatles actually recorded, but they never actually released it as they didn't like it. So we've heard that story before. Jerry and the Pacemakers version, of course, it went to number one in the UK and number three in Australia in 1963. And then it was re-released in the US in 1964 and reached number nine. So the Beatles missed out on that one, that's for sure. 
do a little bit of discography at this stage because I think that's appropriate. In 1963, I like it, was one in the UK, six in Australia and 17 in the US and that's the order I'll go through. 1964 for that one, You'll Never Walk Alone, which everybody knows of course. 1-1 one, one and 48 in the US in 1960. It's actually 48 in the US in 1965, wasn't released there until that year. In 1964, I'm the one, which was two in the UK, 14 in Australia and would you believe 82 in the US. I don't know what the Yanks were thinking about there. Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying was 6.21 and 4. I'll Be There 15.9 and 14. Very Across the Mersey 8.2 and 6. And 1966 Girl on the Swing was fairly low down 53.24 and 28. Three of those songs were written by Jerry himself and they were on the one Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying and Very Across the Mersey. And the US releases were actually on a small New York label called Laurie. So that may have been the reason some of those songs weren't overly successful. The interesting part about this was that they were actually the first group to have three consecutive number ones with their first three songs. And they narrowly missed out on the fourth one with On The One being number two uh, to the search of needles and pins in February 1964. Now, a little story on You'll Never Walk Alone, which people all know about. Marsden actually loved this musical and he grew up and uh, You'll Never Walk Alone was a personal favourite of his. Now, we all know that he's connected with the Liverpool Football Club adopting it as his anthem. A bit of information I read this morning, whether this is true or not, and it's certainly open to conjecture, is that some Liverpool fans actually recall singing the song before the Jerry and the Pacemakers version came along. As Carousel was a 1956 film, and it had been recorded by Frank Sinatra, Doris Day, and Shirley Bassey, You'll Never Walk Alone, is certainly a well-known song. So whether that was true or not, it can't be verified, but uh, some fans recall that song actually being sung well, beforehand. Yeah, this Carousel was a movie in 1956, but it was a musical in, from 1945 it came out, so it was around a bit longer. Yeah, it's that report some authenticity to a degree, but whether it's actually true or not, I'm not sure. Another interesting part of this song that I found quite astonishing was that the irony of this whole story was that supposedly Jerry Marsden was an evidence supporter. <laughs> That's now, funny. Now, if you lived in Liverpool, you were either Everton or Liverpool. I can't verify this, but I read this on two different pieces of information, that he was actually an evidence supporter, but he did change his allegiance once he heard the Liverpool's supporters started singing the song. So whether that's true or not, I can't verify that either, but I did read it in two different parts, so it may well be the case. Now, they actually started in 1965 movie Ferry Cross the Mersey, and Jerry actually wrote much of the soundtrack. But unfortunately, as with a lot of these groups, with their popularity disappearing fairly quickly, the group only lasted probably three or four years in that original form. They disbanded in October 1966. And after that, Jerry appeared regularly on children's TV program and started in the West End musical Charlie Girl. And that was alongside... Now, Josh, have you heard of Derek Nimmo? Derek Nimmo? Uh, vaguely, I don't know. Yeah, well, you looked him up. I, re- I think you'd recognise his face, if, even if you didn't know his name. And he was alongside Derek Nimmo and Damon and Nagel in 1967 on, in this particular musical. The new pacemakers actually reformed in 1973, but Jerry was the only original member still with the group at that stage. And they continued to tour in various formats and on quite a few oldies tours, as they did, as we well know, for a fair while after that, and I'll come to that later on. 
one stage, 13,000 people came to see them at Madison Square Garden alongside, and I thought this was quite interesting, it's like a whatever happened to who's who, Josh, because it's Herman's Hermits, Wayne Fontana and the Searchers. Ah, oh, uh, wow. They're, yeah. they're all on the same bill. So there you go. But we've now completed the, the quadrilla on, on those people, so that's pretty good. On another occasion, he actually opened up for a Billy Joel concert. Some of the things that Jerry did were in the musical sphere, but outside from a charity point of view, it makes quite interesting reading. In 1985, there were 56 people were killed in a Bradford Stadium tragedy, which was around that area, and it was a crowd crush. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know all about it, yeah. You know about that one? Okay. Yeah. And, and he formed a group, actually, at that stage called The Crowd, and that involved other musicians, singers and DJs, and they produced a new version of You'll Never Walk Alone, and that version actually reached number one in the UK. So it was another number one that he had. Following that one, of course, we had the Hillsborough football crowd disaster. In 97, people were killed, and that was in 1989. And he re-recorded Very Cross the Mersey, along with the Paul McCartney, Ringo and, and Holly Johnson from... Forgotten the name of the group now, I should know. Something you might be able to help me out with Holly Johnson later on, Josh, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, um, I don't Frankie, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Oh, yeah, OK, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. I, I knew it had come to me. I hadn't written it down, would you believe, but I, I thought I'd remember. And that actually gave them another number one hit. So he certainly did a lot for those two lots of tragedies in making those recordings again. In 1993, he published an autobiography, which was called I'll Never Walk Alone. And it was an, awarded an MBA for his services supporting the victims of the hills for disaster. And I've written here and also published for his music. 2009, he was awarded the Freedom of the City of Liverpool. And in 2013, he actually came to Australia again. It was his 25th tour of Australia, so it's just like home for him. And I might add at this stage that in 2022, last year, Jerry and the Pacemakers, and I put Mark II or Mark III, were actually touring Canada without Jerry, who uh, had passed in the meantime, but I'll get back to that in a minute. But he's also indicated to the group that he wanted them to travel even if he wasn't there. So that was last year. They, they did a very quite a long tour of Canada. They, they, these groups, they just never, they oh. never stop. They keep on going, mate. Yeah. <laughs> he actually collapsed on stage at one stage and unfortunately he did have a history of a heart condition and he had triple bypass surgery in September 2003 and a second heart operation in 2016 and unfortunately passed away on the 3rd of January 2021 from a blood infection in his heart, age 78. And it was a, a pretty sad occasion for a lot of us Liverpool well, I don't... Well, Liverpool's one of my teams. I've got a couple of English Springley teams. But the association with the music and You'll Never Walk Alone, I think, certainly upset... Well, it didn't upset me, but it just made me feel a bit sad for a few days. I know that. Now, he was married to a Pauline B in the 1965, and they had two daughters, Yvette and Victoria. Just a couple of the other members. Les Chadwick was quite interesting. This fellow, he bought a garage with, uh, with Les Maguire and they moved to Sydney, Australia, and they set up an employment agency. Now, this fellow passed away in 2019. Les Maguire, who was still alive, you'll, you'll like this sort of story, Josh. He joined a Mississippi blues band and called it Hog Owl, H-O-G. O-W-L, and then joined the Pacemakers for occasional reunion performances. 
Freddie Mars and his brother became a telephone operator and later established a driving school and he passed away in 2006. So all these fellows that left the original pacemakers certainly went on and did some other interesting things. So that's about the story of Jerry and the Pacemakers. Great sound, another one of the great Liverpool groups of that era. Songs which I'll always relate to. And that's my first choice, which I found very difficult to make, as I quite often do. But I'll go with Ferry Cross the Mersey, I think, John. Yeah, well, I'm surprised you're not going with You'll Never Walk Alone, but uh, fair enough. But this is a great song as well, Ferry Cross the Mersey. And yeah, great song, Fairy Cross the Mercy by Jerry and the Pacemakers. Well, what else can you say? Well, I didn't want to You'll Never Walk Alone to be the first one. I always think that we should close with You'll Never Walk Alone, so I'll leave it to you to uh, Fair enough, yeah, fair enough. And yeah. the other two, well, I like it. It's the song and I'll Be There. Oh, I like two it. Choices. Yep, I can do that. Great band and great sound and yeah, probably the best song in all sport, the Liverpool anthem, you'd have to say. I'd say so, sir. Several other clubs around the world have actually adopted, uh, soccer clubs have adopted as their anthem also. Well, well, second best, you're on from Tiger, we're from Tigerland number one, isn't it? That is subject to debate. (laughs) I would say in the AFL, it's clearly the best one. Yes, thank you. (laughs) But worldwide, I'm not quite sure where it might rank. Yeah, well, anyway, thanks, Steve, and look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, no problem, Josh. We'll have another English personality next week because I think that I had to make up a bit of ground. They had quite a lot of American personalities, but we've got a singular person next week who you'll find most interesting on. I'm sure. So all the best to you and the listeners and good luck, good health and catch up next week, mate. Yeah, all the best. Thanks, Steve. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.